Welcome to Move Left Idiots, a socialist talk podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Montrulo, uh, joined here by my co-host, Comrade Dracula. Comrade, what's going on? Uh, busy news week. I spent the day running errands and I got home so really I had time to really like dig into a lot of stories that you kind of see get buried uh, the week after two major mass shootings in one weekend. Uh, one I was just looking at just now, the Denver City Council, led by Democratic Socialists, stuns for uh, for-profit prison operators by nuking contracts. There's a like a 10.6 million dollar contract with two firms, Core Civic and Geo Group, and apparently they have a new uh, City Council member, Candy Sidibaka, uh, who was endorsed by DSA, and she expected to be the sole uh, no vote on this, and instead because there's been such outrage, it ended up being eight to four uh, to cancel cancel these two really big fucking contracts. So that's fucking awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And that's of course like the intercept wrote about it and like probably nobody else. Um, So yeah, just stuff like that where you're kind of like, just you coming out of a weekend like we had where just so many people were massacred, you know, by, you know, somebody who had deeply, you know, misogynist views towards women. And then somebody was deeply racist towards immigrants, you know? So it's just like, I've been trying to find good news stories today. Uh, it didn't totally succeed, but, you know, found this one just before it went to air. So it's just kind of want to throw that out there as a little bit of good news. Yeah, well, that's good. Uh, unfortunately, we have a lot of bad news to discuss this week, so I guess we should just dive into it. Um, obviously, there were two uh, mass shootings uh, that made news. I'm sure there were more mass shootings since then that weren't, you know, quite oh, at the body was, count levels. Yeah, there was one outside my house uh, Monday night when we recorded our Once Upon, uh, time, uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood podcast. Happened about yeah. an hour before that. So uh, one 17-year-old killed, two others wounded. So by by the technical definition, it's it has to be at least three people shot to be a mass shooting. That happened. I thought it was about 1,500 feet away. I thought away. it was four, but yeah, you might be right. Is it know. four? Yeah. Well, I, I thought but, it was four. I I kind of measured the size of the park and it's it's only 400 feet away where this shooting happened outside my window so it was very very close. So you could have uh, you could have made it a mass shooting if you were riding your bike yeah, by. But. Yeah, well in the direction like from where the shots came from and where the actual um, body was because they had a vigil the next night candlelight vigil at night lit off some paper lanterns go flying up in the air that was the spot where the where the body was was i'm like in a straight line about 400 feet away from that so i mean there could be a bullet you know bullet or two in the shrubs downstairs i guess but uh there was also a mass shooting of uh, four people killed in detroit this weekend which of course doesn't get reported because it's it's detroit you know yeah um still tragic yeah just just awesome country we live in um, but obviously it's because of, of, of all the violent video games that we have in America and no other country. That's why, you know, of course, Japan has no video games whatsoever, which is why they have no mass shootings. No. Well, it's clearly not the violent video games. And I think we've all established it's uh, satanic messages and rock lyrics. So <laughs> it, that's the real cause of the. Uh, we're going to break. We're going to. 
make uh, America Satanic Panic again, 2020. That, <laughs> that, would, that should be the new name of the podcast, the Satanic Panic. <laughs> I was actually just reading a, a really fun, uh, like horror novel, like ho- comedy horror novel that's like all about the Satanic Panic. So that, I'd be down for that <sighs> for by, a revival of that. Is it by Tipper Gore? <laughs> no, no, it's a, it, it's it's mostly making fun of how goofy that was. Um, yeah. yeah. But, uh, yeah, so, uh, yeah, unfortunately, I mean, this shit happens constantly in America. And, you know, there's no point in talking about why things aren't changing. We all know why things aren't going to change and it's not going to happen. I I don't know what the fuck would need to happen for anything to actually change in some meaningful way outside of, you know, the Democrats. As shitty as they are, this is like the one issue you can even kind of count on most of the shitty ones to vote the right way on, you know, unfortunately they're so feckless that they can't actually uh, get power to, to make, you know, to vote on these sorts of pieces of legislation. I mean, you know, they certainly could have done something when they had all the chambers of the fucking Congress and the presidency, but I mean, gun violence has always been present, but mass shootings like this didn't used to be a constant thing. I remember it was used to be five, seven years between a thing like this. And now we had two in one 12 hour stretch. You know, it's, it's not that they never happened, but something is different now. And it didn't start with Trump, but it's, it's gradually been escalating for about the last 15 years. Um, since we've started our endless wars for yeah. for conquest in the Middle East. And I, I've argued for a long time that there is a connection there. The militarization of, of our society has led to people being more stressed out, uh, feeling like they are trapped in an economy that will never help them, scapegoating people who ha- are, you know, just as marginalized, if not more marginalized, as being the reason for it. Uh, and, and then also just also a private rise of the internet too. not video games, but the, the internet, that's where people actually oh, connect yeah. and really share this. You know, it's not like just playing a video game where you're shooting a bunch of stuff, turns even a white supremacist because lots of people could do that shit and they don't, they don't do that shit. It's, it's the, it's by and large, you know, well, it's to, say, and shit like, yeah, it's, you to know. a small degree, it's, it's the, the extreme right wing gaming community uh that, that views the, you know, the feminization of, of everyday but that's life like, is the real source. But that's like a gateway, that community, it's not because of the, and I know this, this is kind of what you're saying, it's not because of the games itself, it's because that community opens the door to you going on right-wing message boards where they feed you all this bullshit data and, right. and you know, information about how, you know, Hispanics are, are replacing whites and how whites are going to become a minority. And it's it's all this shit that plays on fears that right. are thousands and thousands and of even years if old. And even if they did, like, so... Like yeah, what, exactly. What's what's wrong with? <laughs> well, because we know, we know how we treated uh, you know oppressed and marginalized people throughout our history. We're like, oh, obviously they're going to do that to us when when they take power. You know? Right. Well, white it's meaning a, white people. I mean, if you want to talk about white guilt, maybe that's they're the ones that actually have the guilty conscience because they're projecting it. Um, yeah. Because I, you know, I, I lived in Detroit. I've been to Hawaii. I've been to Puerto Rico. Um, I've I've lived in. Uh, parts of New Orleans where you didn't see many white people outside of tourists. So it, like, clearly you can go places as a white person where you are the minority and sometimes you don't even realize it. You're just kind of like yeah. walking like, Oh yeah, you know, I haven't seen white people for a couple of days. Like <laughs> I, I, I'm, <laughs> I didn't feel like a, a, you know, a spike of panic the minute I didn't <laughs> see people who were Caucasian around me. You know, I, you weren't just, just immediately like, I'm oppressed. I feel oppressed right now. <laughs> what is going yeah. on? I need to get to a uh, Starbucks immediately. 
yeah, I, right. So, yeah, I don't understand. Obviously, there is a real fear. And, and I think a lot of these people who they laugh at the notion of white supremacy because they, of course, want to be supreme. They want to be superior. But their fear comes from thinking that they're not, which mm. is just insane in and of itself. But when the, when they're just like, what do you mean superior? You know, we, we got rid of slavery 150, you know, like the, those people. And yeah, they yeah, exactly. They don't they don't see all the rest of it, but they are afraid that not being superior is what puts them at risk. The people that are afraid if they're in a, you know, well, I would never drive through Detroit. What are you crazy? You know, uh, yeah. the people that are loading up with guns, and then when they they get to the point where they really do think that uh, you know there's an invasion happening, they go on a killing rampage. You know, and these are not people that are mentally ill. Like it, there's there's definitely something wrong with them. But there was a great segment on Democracy Now this morning talking about that there is a real epidemic of mental illness and gun violence and it's suicide, right? Because the vast majority of gun deaths in America are suicides. If you have, you really are mentally ill and are suicidal and you have a gun, you're like 90% likely to succeed the first time you try. Right. And if you try to kill yourself, if you're mentally ill without a gun, the numbers flip where you're only 10% likely to succeed the first time. And yeah, it's a lot fucking harder it, to do it yeah. if you don't have something, that, you know, that, right. that's that simple. And, and they were talking about like the from the time someone decides to do it to the time they try to kill themselves is only a few minutes. It's almost always really impulsive, whereas people that do a mass shooting have been planning it for weeks and weeks and months and months. And they finally get to the, the point where they pull it off. Right. So it's very premeditated. It's not impulsive. It's not like someone just snaps and like, oh, you know, like they, they always bulk up. They always have tons of guns at their disposal when they do this shit, right? You don't drive. Yeah. The El Paso shooter drove 660 miles to get to the Texas border so he can ensure that he killed, you know, mostly Hispanic. uh, And if you know how how guns work, you know, we don't we don't have, you know, fully automatic weapons. They're not legal. It's easy to convert them. But even fully automatic, if you empty a whole magazine, you can't just load another one and start blasting away because that that. You know, the, the barrel's so hot, it'll jam up, right? That's why all these guys, like, stockpile dozens and dozens and dozens of, of assault rifles, because they know that. They're planning on taking out as dozens of people w- with these guns, and to do that, you have to have a lot more than one gun, right? So it's not an impulsive thing. You're not, you're not yeah. going out and buying all that all at once. No, they're they're completely stocked. They have you know massive, uh, high capacity mat like box magazines and drum magazine and things like that. And it's it it's obviously extremely premeditated. Um, you know, the guy from El Paso was obviously a fucking white supremacist. He he released a manifesto where he quoted Trump, uh, Tucker Carlson. You know, pr- pretty deliberately word for word things that they've said about you know being re- white whites being replaced and you know sending people right. back and shit like that. I mean, it's it's real fucking obvious where they're getting their their radicalization from, and it's also you know on top of all of that you know online radicalization, it's also the fucking guns. Like you know that we, we a lot of other countries have issues with white supremacy and with you know violently <laughs> racist. Uh, individuals Australia they don't yeah yeah of course uh, you know what they don't have in Australia a lot of fucking guns they're not swimming nope. guns because they took them all away when when they had a mass yeah, shooting they're like they really did you know, they really took them all away um, like hey maybe we should stop doing this and everyone's like yeah yeah maybe we should stop doing this and you know what happens they don't have any fucking mass shootings they have a couple a year like you know it, it's it that that chart to me was fucking stunning like I know that we have 
completely outsized gun violence in this country, but it was like mass shootings in 2019. And, and, and it was like, you know, Japan three UK two uh, Canada zero. And, and like almost every country had like one or two United States, 249. And then they had to change it to 250 the fucking next day when the Dayton yeah. shooting happened. Well, it's we like, reviewed, uh, we reviewed Bowling for Columbine back when I first started on this podcast. And that film really only had one mass shooting in recent history referred to all the rest of the shootings it talked about were just like one-on-one, you know, gun violence, one or two people, you know, and, and since Bowling for Columbine came out, which was several years after the actual massacre, uh, in, uh, Littleton, Colorado, it's, it's like you'd even, the, the, you know, small shootings, one or two people, three people don't even make the news anymore. It's only the ones where it's, Oh, 25 people, 26, you know, uh, 33, Kids, you know, the, the um, Las Vegas, what is it, 55 killed? Yeah, yeah. Was, I, I don't remember the exact, it was in the 50s, yeah. Yeah, it was, it was, it was literally the, the highest ever, yeah. Just, um, I mean, and, and, you know, it's just fucking, like, we're, we're never going to do anything about this. Like, we've, we've already established, like, we're totally cool with uh, children, elementary school children, uh, being murdered, uh, you know, at Sandy Hook. We've established that we're fine with, you know, uh, a bunch of people at nightclubs, a bunch of people at con- like there's no setting where where there hasn't been a mass shooting in this country in the last like, t- you know, t- two decades, a little less than two decades. Uh, like we're not going to do anything about it. Like, I don't I don't I don't see anything fucking happening. Like, I don't know what's what's it, it's no. going to take to actually, you know. Yeah. Well, it, you know, in, in the same vein that we can't get rid of all the guns because there's just too many Americans. Also, we can't give everyone health care because there's just too many Americans. So it's it's weird how that logic works two different ways, depending on what you're trying to achieve. I know. Right. So, yeah, I don't know. And it's just yeah, it's just really disheartening because it's like, you know. Even if they do manage, if the Democrats manage to seize power with all the shitty, you know, Democrats that they that they have in office right now, and they manage to pass, you know, milk toast gun legislation, even, you know, even something like decent, like a like a ban on assault weapons, it, it's just going to get fucking undone next time the Republican gets in office. It's like what you know, I, well, because she build these they, bills with like, yeah, you know, the, the sundown sunset periods, yeah. yeah. Um, now, sundowning is what Joe Biden does. Sunsetting is when the bill uh, oh. goes. <laughs> well, I don't know all um, these technical terms, but sundowning is like a like people with Alzheimer's when the sun goes down, they, <laughs> right, they, right. they start to like get yeah. So the the Monday night when this shooting happened outside my house, um, you know, it you usually hear about a shooting, even if it's in your own town, you're like, oh, that's crazy. It's it's rare that you literally hear the shots fired. I've yeah. lived in this neighborhood for three years and I never heard actually, and there's fireworks going off constantly. Right. And you can always mm-hmm. tell the difference between fireworks going off and gunfire. It's just the way it, it echoes is different. The way it pops is different. Uh, fireworks are almost always timed to be perfectly separate, you know, mm-hmm. when you hear it and when it's gunfire, un- unless it's fully automatic, which is almost, you're never going to hear that. Um, there's always a, an, a, an imbalance between the shots. Right. Mm-hmm. And, it was in the middle of a park in the middle of the day, uh, like five in the afternoon. And there were dozens of people around that witnessed this and people were just running and screaming. Right. It wasn't like you just mm-hmm. heard a shot and everyone looked around like, where'd that come from? This was, this was a massacre right in front of a crowd of a huge crowd of people, uh, around this basketball court in this, this, this park right outside my window. Uh, and then I, you know, I 
I had to go get beer at the store later that night. And I took a route way outside from, from where this happened, or at least, you know, a few blocks. And, uh, there was still a ton of police out and I got to the, the, you know, little, uh, uh, beer store and the two women behind the counter, one's, one's black, one's Latina. Um, and I just kind of walked up and looked at them. They both just looked at me and like, had like blank looks on their face. And I just said, time to move out of the neighborhood. And they were like, looks <laughs> like it. Uh, and we were talking about it and that's when I, you know, I was told it was like a 17 year old kid, you know, and Jesus. I said, uh, you know, who, who shoots a 17 year old kid? And the, uh, a black woman who's probably has, I think I, she's talked about having kids before, but they're probably pretty young. She looks like she's younger than me. And she was just like, who shoots a kid? Other kid, <laughs> you <Yeah>. know, <laughs> like who, who, oh, who is God. that awful to shoot a kid? It's, you know, somebody else very young. Uh, and then they were like, Hey, but there's so there's been reports of other shots fired. Um, someone's driving around a car, just shooting into houses and cars. Um, you know, so I'm like, fuck now I'm like riding back from the store and I'm fucking terrified, you know, and I see this pair of headlights roll up behind me and uh, you know, it's just, it's like this, this kind of shit makes you afraid of everyone. Suddenly every person you see walking down the street, you're like, is that the killer? Is that the per- cuz they didn't, you know, usually with a mass shooting they catch the person or kill them right then, but this this person got away and there it's a, you know, pretty insular neighborhood. There's not a bunch of major roads that go through it. Um so you're thinking if if there's someone who lives here, they could still you know, hide in plain sight kind of thing. So I turn left and that car turns left behind me and I almost had a fucking heart attack. I was just like, "Fuck, I'm going <laughs> to I rolled up into my driveway and like jumped behind the corner of this little, you know, this like um little like kind of awning that sticks out. And the, when the lights came by my brain, like an, it, I, I saw them just like turn and roll up into the driveway after me. And instead they kept going, but my brain was convinced they, you know, had that little moment where you're just like, yeah, okay, yeah. here it comes about to fucking, there's nowhere to run. And I, I don't even have, have my keys out yet. You know what the fuck would I do? Jesus so that, then I read, then I read that it was actually, there was like 10 reports of gunfire all investigated and none confirmed or none substantiated. And I was like, well, fuck, people are just jumpy. And then like the next day they were like, oh, actually half of them were confirmed. Just nobody was shot, but we found bullet holes in five different locations. So somebody really was driving around the neighborhood all night till like three, four in the morning, just firing random shots off into the night. Right. So who knows if that was the same person or just somebody inspired yeah. by it or just who just knows? Some fucking hillbilly or something. Just, like who knows? We're fucking going crazy. Yeah. I mean, well, we're a fucking crazy country. Like we're, we're we're a crazy fucking country where everyone's fucking armed to the teeth and everyone's fucking on edge and nuts and terrified of everybody else because of the fucking media culture and the this, this like just toxic fucking culture that we have. So it's like, yeah, I'm surprised it doesn't happen more often. Like I, I every time I go out now, I'm like, oh, man, maybe maybe I'll maybe I'll get mad, maybe I'll be a victim of mass shooting today. Who fucking know? You know, like hopefully, uh, hopefully that won't happen. That'll suck. <laughs> like I, everywhere I go now, that's you have to like. I don't. I used to when I go went to the movies, I used to sit like in the middle because that's you know you sit in the middle, you get the best view of the screen. I always sit on the aisle now, and that's always just in my mind. Ever since the fucking aurora shooting i've never sat anywhere other than the aisle seat in the movie theater because i'm like i gotta be able to fucking get out and jump down the, the <laughs> thing if i need to like right and i know it's it's probably irrational statistically but like fuck i don't you know who knows well just There's nothing worse than being trapped in the middle of an aisle don't if like go you to know. another batman movie and you'll be okay 
I know. Ugh. But no, but the Joker looks awesome. I mean, you saw a fucking awesome new Joker movie looks. I'm, I'm not going to not see that movie. I'm not, Come on now. Yeah, with uh, what's his name? Joaquin. Joaquin, yeah. Uh, looks like fucking taxi driver with like you know with, with face paint. It's, it, it looks it, amazing. It, it, yeah, it does. It reminds me a little bit because there's certain things that he does in some of his roles that he does in other roles. Um, the you haven't probably haven't seen Paul Thomas Anderson's The Master, but he does this weird kind of like arms, yeah. like hands on his hips, arms akimbo thing, but like leans his shoulders way in, almost like a like Richard Nixon would do. And it looks like almost <laughs> painful the way he's like folding his shoulders in on his, on his yeah. cage. But it's like this thing he does a lot and almost. Oh, like, yeah. yeah, yeah. I know you're talking about. He's a, he's a very physical actor. Like he's a very dedicated like fit. Like, yeah, he's dude's a, dude's a great fucking actor. Yeah. Um, well, hopefully but, yeah. the, the movie doesn't encourage more violence. <laughs> encourage another mass shooting. Uh, well, so I actually have stats here and this is pretty incredible because like so the. Um, El Paso shooter obviously was a right wing, you know, fucking terrorist. He had a manifesto. It was very clear that he did what he did deliberately because he uh, hated Hispanic people and was terrified that they were replacing the white people in this country. Um, the Dayton shooter uh, did not seem to be politically motivated. Like he didn't release any kind of manifesto. There was no pattern to his killings that would indicate any kind of political motivation. But now the right wing, of course, is going apeshit because he happened to be a, a slightly left of center, you know, uh, individual. Like he, he's, I mean, I would, I would vote for Elizabeth that. Warren. So, I mean, you know, so, <laughs> did you read the, the, the piece on medium from the, um, the, the Dayton shooters last uh, his ex-girlfriend ex-girlfriend did you read that I, I didn't actually read it no i saw that she wrote one I no was like, oh, well it weird. was it was like <laughs> he was like a jealousy killer you know where he he had yeah. some real red flags about just women in general one of the people he killed was allegedly his sister but then people also said uh that his sister had come out as being a trans man but only amongst a very small group of people which makes sense that you wouldn't necessarily tell the world uh if you yeah. weren't sure how people would react especially if you know your own uh, your own uh, real life brother murders you for it. Uh, potentially, they don't know yet. But uh, you well, know, I, I had read that as well. But you know, there, well, he there's, was, there's always an ideology with a mass shooting. It doesn't have to be a political one. It can be exactly, one that's yeah. that's very much anti women. If you read that Medium article, which at first I was kind of like, is this, is this just like attention grabbing because you were the last ex he had? And I was like, no, I read through it, and actually there was. It was some parts were kind of vague because you didn't need to go into you know a ton of detail, but there was a few details that were in there that you were like, "Yep, that fits." When you start, you know, if you're in an open relationship and you start demanding to know how often the your your partner has sex with other partners, you know, like that that's a real control type thing. Well, he was also like a sociopath. Like a lot of people said that he had like he he at some point when he was in high school got sent home because they found that he had like a, basically a, a kill list of people that he wanted to kill yep. from his high school. Yep. Uh, and, and, and even like detailed vividly how he wanted to like vivisect like women in his. So it's clearly, you know, he's clearly a sociopath like or, you know, whatever, however you want to classify him. Sure. It's not just that he's. But I don't you know, think he has it, mental it, illness like that. That's no, no. Who's I mean, it was premeditation. Yeah. Um, no, sociopaths I, are extremely intelligent. You know, they're it, right. it's not a it's not like oh this guy snapped and went crazy. No, he's right. very intelligent. He just has no but, fucking human you know empathy sure. or. 
but just just being jealous of people mm-hmm. and angry is not a mental illness. It's it's definitely a defect. There's something wrong with them. But to say that that's an illness that you don't have any control over that, uh, yeah. you know, like that that's just not true. Yeah, I mean, if anything, this guy might have been like an incel. <laughs> you know, like like extremists. Like well, for all we know, you know, listen, who knows? He had this, he had a girlfriend. It was just, she was in an open relationship, and supposedly he was too. And he just got more controlling over it, which is. You know, like some people just can't the, do it. They weren't that's still okay. together, though, right? No, they weren't together. They would only been a couple months. Um, oh, okay. And and he was trying to like drop off this uh, like threatening letter to like another ex of his while he was with her. That basically said like you can't move on. I know where you live. And he got frustrated because there was another boyfriend who was doing yard work, so he couldn't just like go and throw it in her mailbox. And he got like enraged by the fact there was another guy there already. By the way, <laughs> was, that guy. Who, who, who had a kill list in high school and uh, did all of those things, legally bought a gun. So, you know, just, just great fucking country we live in with really awesome regulations and background checks when it comes to purchasing so I don't, these weapons. I don't remember which one it was, the, the El Paso or Dayton shooter, but apparently the, the mother had called the police to warn to say like, hey, my kid's exhibiting uh, you know irregular behavior and I'm, I'm worried he doesn't even know how to use this gun. I believe it was the Dayton shooter. Yeah. Was it the Dayton shooter? And the cops I were believe like, it was. He hasn't broken any laws yet. We can't do anything. Yeah. Um, Real normal fucking country we live in. That that right, like unbelievable. And there and there's supposed to be laws that that or guidelines police can use to confront someone and make an evaluation uh, to actually confiscate their weapons. They do have that ability, and it varies from state to state. Obviously, I I'm, I would guess Ohio has no laws like that, but. Uh, that's there, the thing. Are, Ohio is probably like you need to be like a fucking ten, you know, uh, like a mass murderer to have your guns taken away. Probably, and even then, they're going to take you to Burger King before you go to jail. So, <laughs> yeah, right. You know, it's the, it's yeah. the courtesy pledge. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Yeah. Well, you know, the fucking uh, Charleston shooter. They took him to Burger King after after he yep. murdered. You know dozen people dozen plus people in a fucking but if church. you're black and you're caught trespassing they'll handcuff you put a rope around you and walk you down the street uh with a couple of cowboys on uh on horseback uh for eight blocks because that's that's just how we do it things in america in the year 2019 just getting back to their roots it's all right i understand they're, they're just getting back to their slave patrol roots you know they, they, they were like look real. we didn't actually lasso him we we put it on the back of his cuffs we didn't just throw it around his neck i mean we're not barbaric come on yeah, fucking fascist unbelievable so the um adl actually released uh st- well i mean they've released them last year but they come around every time we have one of these uh mass shootings and it's uh, a stat on extremist related killings in the u.s by affiliation and in 2018 alone 78 percent of extremist related killings were white supremacy uh related killings 16% were anti-government extremism, 4% were incel extremism, and 2% were domestic Islamist extremism, which is literally the only thing Fox News will ever talk about. So 2% of the killings were Islamic extremism, a, a statistical a non, statistically non-existent uh, any kind of a left-wing ideological uh, extremist killing. So Yet, the, what was the third one you said? Uh, incel extremism. How do they, how do they just, you know, find if their manifesto well, that, said women won't fuck me? Yeah. Well, there Basically, was that one guy. Yeah. It, remember the guy that shot like four people that was like, he was an incel. Like that was the first time people like learned what that meant. Like the, the term. Yeah, no, I, I remember that guy. I just didn't know if they were like 
hip with the term enough to realize that was a, a common thing. So, yeah. So the, uh, yeah, the, the, the anti-government extremists, that's what's known as the sovereign citizen movement. And I've talked to people like that on the phone when I was working at the State Department where they want a passport that doesn't say U.S. citizen on it, that it says something <laughs> like, you know, uh, citizen of the Republic of the state of Georgia uh, you know, the, just, and they want to have an argument. They always want to argue with you about it. You know, like you have to, you know, I, I think as if you have the power, the authority to fucking like right. give them. Well, a- they're calling the government and you are the face of the government to them, or at least yeah. the voice of the government. Uh, I had another guy that was, that was like, um, he, he was upset because he, well, he, he claimed to have no social security number, which was incorrect because I could see it on my screen. He claimed to have no zip code, which was incorrect because I could see it on my screen. Now, there are places in the U.S. with no zip codes because they're way off in, off the grid. His address was like suburban St. Louis, Missouri. So he, he was definitely in, on the grid. Uh, and, and, you know, part of every conversation is you're supposed to ask people, well, do you have any international travel plans coming up? Right. And I almost started to laugh because I was like, well, this guy basically considers his land, his plot of land in St. Louis to be sovereign territory as, as being not part of the U S uh, and, and I'm thinking to myself, does this guy think that like, if he walks beyond his mailbox, that that's international travel, <laughs> like, you know? <laughs> um, but yeah, kick gloves, but, but those guys that sovereign citizen movement, they're the number one spot on the FBI's most watch list, like the most dangerous terrorist group. Um, number two is, is the animal liberation front who has never killed a person in their life, in their entire history, like 35 year history. Um, Hey, both sides, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Both sides, both sides. Yeah. I've been, I've been hearing a lot of this both sides stuff. You know, Trump was talking about it today. He always says, he says, uh, Antifa. Right. And and now like, (laughs) it's in our intro (laughs) now, now like even TYT says Antifa. And it's like, that's not how you say it. Like, just look at the fucking, look at the word. First word is anti, Right. Well, and so I mean, like two letters is so, but it just it's not right for and stupid people. Never- I, un- I understand, like you know, because on its face, if you look at that word, you would say Antifa, like pronunciate, you know, English pronunciation wise. But when you know the the meaning of the word and you know that the pronunciation is supposed to be you're supposed well, to put the or emphasis if you on had the ever been to an actual fucking protest and talk to people that are you know masked in black because they're trying to stop nazis from you know attacking people uh you would fucking know that it's antifa not antifa um <laughs> so i don't know it's, just, it's hilarious that the people who antifa, oppose Trump antifa, now yeah. just, they say it wrong because the president says it wrong and his whole fucking staff says it wrong <laughs> But, you know, I, but yeah, you know, the ALF and, 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 you know, the sovereign citizens totally the same, you know, how many people died in Oklahoma city, hundred and like 70, but yeah, no, totally the same thing. Well, it, it makes sense if you look at what's most important from a law enforcement perspective, right? So the number one is sovereign citizens and what they want to do is kill cops and kill government workers and blow up government offices. The next is animal rights people that want to burn down vivisection labs. The third is white nationalists that want to just kill random people, whoever that might be. So the most important priority is protecting their own in the government. The second is protecting private property and the profits of the pharmaceutical industry. And then the third is regular human, like just basic civilians. Yeah. That's, which, that's which is like, tier. we'll get to it if we can kind of situation. Right. With but, but before we save your kid being shot up at a school, we got to protect the lab that are chopping up monkeys for the, for, you know, no fucking reason other than profits. Uh, and then on top of that are our, our own people uh, in law enforcement being targeted. So. 
So the real question comes in is, is who do, who would law enforcement protect in a situation where you get like a sovereign citizen who hates the government, and wants to kill like cops, for example, uh, and who are had tend to be very white supremacist uh, trying to kill a cop who, you know, <laughs> typically tend to skew more towards white supremacy. So oh. it's like a kind of it's kind of that Spider-Man sure meme they, where they're pointing yeah, at each other. I'm sure know? they'd be in on it. They'd be like, all right, well, if you got to take out one of the cops, here's the here's the one that. That uh, won't. Here's the one that's not. I'm not saying take, take out Reggie or anything, but you <laughs> know, just yeah, yeah. if anyone had to go, it'd be a shame if it was Reginald. But I wouldn't shed too many tears. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, God. Well, you know, uh, of course, you know when these these shootings happen, the the job of the president, and it's like the bare minimum fucking thing to do is to just kind of comfort the country as, as best as they can. You know I mean? That, you know, for all of Obama's flaws, which were, you know, Legion, he, he always would give a good like speech to try to comfort the the country. And he did seem like he was genuinely affected by the mass shootings. You know, I don't, I, you, one would argue that he didn't do nearly enough to, you know, uh, push back on, on the gun lobby, but he did seem to at least, give a shit like when a bunch of you know elementary school children were murdered in sandy hook like trump is just can't even fucking hit that like bare minimum ass bar of, of like pretending to be empathetic when there's a fucking mass shooting like his press conference that he had where he was reading off of a teleprompter just no fucking emotion whatsoever like no you know no anything to his thing you know he, he talked bored. about He's he was bored. bored. He was. He was bored. He was talking about cracking down on video games. And, you know, he he, he uh, said the mass shooting happened in Toledo, even though it happened in Dayton, uh, which I, I believe uh, Ash could tell us, I'm sure. But I think it's like uh, over 100 miles apart. I mean, like it's w- nice. when you're when your two cities are Vegas and New York, Ohio's flyover country. So it's yeah. I mean, who cares? Um, no, I mean, it's, it, he, he can't fake. Empathy. He just doesn't give a fuck. Yeah. You he saw that video not- meeting with, um, I think it was, it was, um, he was meeting with people whose families had been killed by ISIS and they were standing all around him and almost sort of behind him. And he could, he couldn't like make himself look more uncomfortable. He was just kind of like looking back and forth, like just with his shoulders hunched oh, over. Oh, the girl who told him that her whole family was killed by ISIS. And he's yeah. like, so where, where are they now? Like, She's like, they're dead. They're in a mass grave. And he's like, oh, well, okay. Like he just, he couldn't, he can't. We're going to look into that very strongly. He said, yeah, I think, he, he can fake a lot, of, a lot of emotions, but he can't fake empathy. And it's hard to, when you're right wing, it's like your empathy is, is like you and your daughter that you want to sleep with. You know, that's really as far as it goes when you're someone like Donald Trump. Well, I mean, when, yeah, I mean, if, if you had empathy, you wouldn't be right wing. Like, you, you, if you had empathy for anyone outside of your immediate, you know, uh, circle of, of, of uh, influence or circle of family, whatever you want to call it, you, you wouldn't be a right winger because that, that, that's antithetical to, to right. you know. Well, he doesn't even have poly- that because it, both him and his ex-wife tried to get rid of Don Jr. in the divorce. They were both like, you have him. No, I don't want him. You keep him. I mean, look, I have empathy. I, I, I totally fucking understand that one. I mean, if, if, if you know. Wow. Don Jr. is 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 maybe the biggest, maybe a bigger piece of shit than his father. So I that's really, you know. I think he even called him like the one of the like dumbest people alive. Like he's according to one of his biographers, like he called him. He's the dumbest Lannister. Yeah, no, he is. Um, 
so uh but not to be outdone uh democratic frontrunner joe biden uh when he was talking about the shootings in a speech the next day the shootings in el paso and dayton referred to them as shootings in houston and michigan and also switched the days in which they happened he, he said that the michigan shooting which we're going to assume is the Ohio, the dayton shooting uh happened first uh and and you know so yeah no joe biden just democratic frontrunner can't be bothered to learn the fucking cities or which day the shootings happened. And it's not like he doesn't know the difference. He's been all over the country. He knows the cities better than any of us. Right. And I don't even think it's that he's that far gone that he doesn't, you know, keep those things, keeps track of those things. It's that he's too distracted. Right. He's just, he's not, he doesn't care enough to, to, to like be really focused on it when it fucking matters. When the nation's watching him, uh, and and people are are grieving. He doesn't care enough to remember the same way Trump doesn't care enough to remember, right? Yeah. And 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 that's just because he he doesn't really care either. You know, yeah. when when a bunch of millennials say, "Hey, our material uh, lives are at risk because we have none of the things your generation ha- has," he says, "Oh, you know, don't don't put me on. I don't want to hear about it. Toughen up." He did it again this week in a Huffington Post interview. He said, you know, don't complain to me. Do, you know, do something about it. Right. It's it's like, yeah, it's your fucking fault. Like it's you, you're, you're directly responsible for a lot of the societal issues we're facing right now. The crime bill, the fucking bankruptcy, but like, there's so many things we could point to where it's your fucking fault directly. And we're trying to change it, but you're standing in the way of progress. So fuck off forever, Joe Biden. Like what? Yep. Well, uh, the thing is, they still, you know, whether they are are compiling the call list to do the polls to determine that Joe Biden is the quote unquote front runner by just only saying, well, only people 49 and older matter. Or there's another way they do it is they say, well, we're only going to call likely Democratic primary voters. And there's another way they will measure that metric. And they will just basically say, well, we're only going to look at people that donated directly to the DNC, not any other candidate they may have voted to, but only people that made direct contributions to the DNC. Well, who the fuck would do that? Probably only people that would vote for Joe Biden or Hillary Clinton. Right. Yeah. Or, or, you know, and that Tally that is right. also going to be primi- primarily old voters. But still, it's the only way you can prop that fossil up is to completely you know, just tell young people to fuck off. We don't need your vote. Uh, we're not going to poll you. We're not going to do any kind of polling method that that isn't just calling landlines during Matlock. Uh, and I've worked in survey <laughs> research data at, at a major university. So I know the way that you actually can conduct a survey and get a, a relevant sample size amongst people who are eligible. Uh, and sometimes you have to offer an incentive. Sometimes you just have to phrase the questions. Um, and you do have to call cell phones. And there's ways to get those lists, too. Right. It's just like they they don't want that information. They don't want to hear what people who are struggling with student debt are going to vote for. No, they're they're they're, you know, trying to they're they're polling for an outcome. They're essentially doing push polling like all in 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 their methodology with all these polls. Like push polling is, uh, you know, something that politicians do when they want to achieve a desired result. And what they do is ask a very loaded question like, do you support uh, Bernie Sanders, even though he 
uh, supports allowing criminals to uh, to to vote, you know, a la his vote on blah blah blah. But like, it's it's asking a loaded question because you're you're fishing for a result, you're pushing for a result. Exactly. And their methodology exactly. is kind of equivalent to push polling, where they're just in po- polling a very specific yeah. demographic of landline. You know, like you know who you're going to get in that or, fucking. Or you fund. you say, would you support Medicare for all if you still knew that Medicare for all would take away insurance from 150 exactly. million Americans, right? And of course, old people are going to go, oh, I'm going to lose my, you know, I'm going to be out in the yeah. shed with the wolves, and you know. Uh, so it, it's you know when, when you when you do actual like survey research data for like a like a university, if you, you your calls get monitored and if you deviate from the script in any way to even suggest a more favorable answer than a, a perfectly neutrally worded answer, they'll fire you the first time you fuck up. Like if they yeah. don't say, say it's like a number like, well, how often do you uh, drive more than, uh, you know, how often do you drive more than five miles uh, in a week? And it's like, oh, I'm not really sure. Oh, well, is it, you know, is it, is it like 10 miles? Well, then you need to bias the answer. You know, or, or yeah, ten times, exactly. right? Or if it's like if you, if if they if they can't find an answer, you have to pick two different numbers that are like perfectly split from one end of the spectrum to the other, right? And, and then you can narrow it down if you have to. But uh, yeah, there, there's so many simple ways that aren't even push pull ways to to bias an answer. Yeah, for sure. So, uh, you know, while we were talking about Biden, uh, I literally just saw this on Twitter. Uh, listen, listen to his uh, his Freudian slip tonight from a speech he gave. And the other thing we should do is we should challenge these students. We should challenge students in these schools to have advanced placement programs in these schools. We have this notion that somehow if you're poor, you cannot do it. Poor kids are just as bright and just as talented as white kids. Wealthy kids, black kids. Wow. <laughs> well, there is his oh, answer against God. busing. Yeah, his answer against against uh, busing integration was that it wasn't fair to uh, privileged white kids to have to struggle the way that poor black kids would were used to. Poor yeah. kids are just as smart as white kids. Just you know, Joe Biden in a fucking nutshell, right there. Yeah. <laughs> And I guarantee you the people that really support him would hear that and they'd be like, I, I don't see what's wrong with that statement. Like they just they wouldn't hear the the thing that made that statement abhorrent. Yeah, exactly. Well, because it, it, Joe Biden's demographic is is the fucking racist, you know, slightly uh, right of center Democrats that all uh, latched on during the fucking 90s New Democrats era. Like the people who fucking think that Bill Clinton was awesome and that Rahm Emanuel is a great mayor and like that's that's the fucking people that that love joe biden and you know what they're really fucking racist they're really not that much different than right-wingers there's very few uh, uh, items you can point to other than the fact that they're more ashamed of how uh reactionary and right-wing and fearful they are <laughs> which is why they call themselves democrats yeah. but well they're the, there's, they're there's the wealthy, very little daylight white racists that make up the the right-wing of the democratic party as opposed to the poor white racists that make up the uh you know somewhat left wing of the uh Republican Party, but the Republican Party, yeah. Uh, can, can we talk about Bernie now? Is it? Is it? If yeah. We hate, yeah. <laughs> I think it's time to yeah to cheer us up a little bit uh, because yeah. yeah. <laughs> so Bernie this week uh, he had another big week, obviously, uh, as he's been having uh, quite often lately. He's he's really surging. There was another poll 
uh, the Reuters poll that came out, I think, yesterday, where he's only four points behind Biden, which means that he's leading. Probably Biden like again, 14 points above Biden in real life. <laughs> uh, and, you know, they had a poll where he was beating Trump in Texas by like three points, you know, along with Biden. him and Biden were both beating Trump by the same amount in Texas. Uh, Beto O'Rourke not beating Trump in Texas right now, by the way. Uh, hilarious. The only place he actually polls well. Um, but so the other uh, interesting stuff that came out uh, polling wise was that New York Times released uh, uh, released a uh, detailed breakdown of of uh, where everyone's donors came from and who was getting the most grassroots donors. And you look at this map and it is a fucking but they use Bernie as it was represented by uh, the color light blue. And almost the entire map is fucking filled with light blue. And it's not the same kind of thing where, like, the Republicans were like, oh, look at all this red, even though it's like all the population centers are blue. No, he's he's got, like, the population centers. He's got the cities. He's got everything. The only places he doesn't have are he doesn't have, like, you know, parts of Texas where Beto is number one in fundraising. Uh, parts of Minnesota where Klobuchar, the only state that Biden is leading in fundraising is in mm-hmm. Delaware, which is a super small fucking state. It's like a really small sliver. Well, the other place in terms of population was leading and- was Washington D.C., which if you if you want an insider, there's your man. <laughs> right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, but but California, you know, Kamala Harris's home state, Bernie uh, has the almost the entire state. Uh, he had a good chunk of Massachusetts. Warren had a little bit, but he had a good chunk of Massachusetts. Um, and, you know, it, it's just like it's Bernie's so obviously the fucking front runner. It's not even funny. They had to make what New York we, Times had to make. Yeah, you were going to say they, were, they had to make two different versions because you couldn't see any of Elizabeth Warren's donations because he completely. You couldn't see anyone, uh, almost anyone else's donation. They, no. they had to make a. They had a, the chart they made was candidates with the most individual donors, and it's just a sea of of, of light blue. Uh, and then they had to make another chart: candidates with the most individual donors when Sanders is excluded, and it's just a million different splotches all across the country. But right. nobody's even you know close to him in terms of well, fundraising. It was. I mean, there was a few regions there. Uh, but but Beto on the first one really the outline was a very sharp outline of the state of Texas, um, whereas the others were kind of like a blob in the middle of Montana for um, Bullock, and then sort of a blob in Minnesota for uh, Klobuchar. Um, but it was in, and when you take away Bernie, that outline of Texas kind of blurs a little bit, right? But California didn't change at all, right? Yeah, it, it was still just like. All, overwhelmingly Sanders and everyone's told us, well, you know, California is too, you know, far more centrist Democrat, you know, corporate Democrat with all the millionaires out there in California. They're never going to go for Sanders. Right. Well, they forget there's a lot, a lot of fucking hippies living out in the mountains of, of mid to Northern California who uh, have been contributing to and, and definitely are not going to vote for fucking Kamala Harris. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, and she's down to like 6% in polls. She, Tulsi fucking uh, just totally, completely obliterated her campaign. So if nothing else, thank you so much, Tulsi, for running just for, you know, killing that kid. I saw a really funny uh, meme uh, with Tulsi. Imagine if Mike Ravel had been up there to do the same thing to Biden. Oh, my God. Where he would be. I know. Biden's going to kill his own campaign. Biden's campaign is going to commit suicide, but that would have been really awesome to see. Um, I saw someone post a really funny meme under the most recent Reuters poll, uh, and it's Tulsi Gabbard with sunglasses on. It just says "cop killer" on top of it. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like that's fucking God great. Damn. 
it's cold blooded but uh yeah so and you know it's funny somebody it's you know you could do individual candidate breakdowns uh i i just want to read some of the uh the, the donor counts and the total raised uh and you and somebody explained to me why mike gravel couldn't make the debate stage so uh michael bennett senator from colorado twenty eight thousand estimated donors three million dollars raised twenty eight thousand mike gravel had sixty seven thousand you're gonna tell me michael bennett was polling at more than two percent in several polls i don't fucking believe that for a second uh Steve Bullock, governor of Montana, 17,000 estimated donors, $2 million raised. Seth Moulton, $14,000, $1 million total raised. John Hickenlooper, who was in every debate and given way too much fucking time, 14,000 estimated donors. Uh, Bill de Blasio, 7,000 <laughs> estimated donors. He really raised a million dollars. He's the fucking Tim, mayor. Tim, mayor of the richest Tim, city in the nation. Only raised raise more than a million. <laughs> Tim Tim Ryan, ten thousand estimators. John Delaney. John Delaney has been running for two years. He has been running for president. Eight thousand estimated donors. <laughs> In two years, he hasn't fucking gotten more than. He hasn't even reached ten thousand donors. But he's his, all over the fucking debate stage, giving his, plenty his of time. Campaign to fucking- put out a video today, uh, and it was it was. Um, they actually shot really well because they had to like technically hide the fact that there was nobody at any of the events he went to. Uh, like literally like they had a zoom way in on him. So it looked like people that were 40 feet in the background were somewhat near him. Uh, and they're all like looking out at their phones, paying no attention to him as he's sort of just looking off into space. With, like, <laughs> like a spotlight. And then it's in slow motion. So you really notice this woman's look, but she kind of slowly turns around and sees him and then just like grimaces and you're <laughs> <laughs> that's the that's the good footage they could find and make a good video uh, for for John Delaney today. And talking about how like busy he is on the campaign trail, they didn't have a single shot of him shaking a hand with any person. <laughs> they couldn't even find that to put in like a minute and a half long video, and it was shared a total of five times, <laughs> which was probably like the, the you know himself and then the four people who are interning for him. I was about to say, I wonder if he has more than five people on staff, because that would be really hilarious if, like, not even his entire staff had shared the video. Oh, the narrator on, was... guys. Yeah. The, the narrator was some kid um, titled Press Assistant. Oh, <laughs> man. It's so like, sad. It's so he sad. clearly can't afford, a, a, you know, to, to pay somebody to be a press secretary. So he was a press assistant who's clearly an intern. There's some chance that, like, if one of us emailed him, we could we could become a member of John Delaney's staff. Like, there's there's some decent chance that that could happen. Um, I, I almost want to do it just because sure just for the for the lols, you know. Uh, but if I like like shave shave the top of my head and then uh, dyed the sides of it blonde, you know, and like put on about forty pounds and kind of like tried to be right. like his little you know mini me sycophant. <laughs> <laughs> get a get a kind of crusty old looking uh puffer vest like to wear you know yeah that's that, yeah. that's his other big thing no, so good. Um, we'll, i'll i'll post that video or a link to it um in the in the uh under the the episode on the soundcloud yeah. on on twitter because it's like it's not it's not even that funny it's just sad it, it's yeah soundcloud um uh, yeah. but yeah so bernie had great fundraising numbers and of course gravel had phenomenal compared to almost everybody else and of course was still not invited to the, to the debates because they don't want criticism of their front runner who is a piece of shit yep. um but bernie well, uh had some other significant things happen this week right 
Yeah. So, you know, out of the blue uh, and, you know, obviously for security reasons, he kind of does have to do these things unannounced. Uh, Bernie was just uh, at Joe Rogan Studios. And, you know, a couple hours later, they released uh, an episode that he recorded with Rogan. So he did Joe Rogan's podcast, uh, which uh, I thought was fucking awesome. You know, I watched it. He was great. He got an awesome forum to calmly you know like i i love uh quiet like public access voice bernie and i and i it's it's very you know he talked about even on the rogan show like you know debates are are fucking ridiculous like it's a stupid format you have 45 seconds to get a to, to get a soundbite in it's not a good uh format he called it a circus he said it's just an awful oh, way to no he he called the debates a game show Oh yeah, okay, that's true. Which is very accurate because they had literally podiums that lit yeah, up, like almost yeah. like when you rang was, in. Like it know. was a, it was a diss on the network. It was a diss on the DNC, but it was also a diss on Trump too. Yeah, yeah, well, that's <laughs> yeah. He has a game show host. So, but um, but and again, so it was like you know, and of course, Joe Rogan. We've talked about on the show before is problematic for a lot of reasons. Uh, I I'll, but I saw a lot of like leftists online being like, oh. I can't believe Bernie's going on Rogan show and blah, blah, blah. It's like, yeah, okay. The guy's running for fucking president. He's going to turn down the biggest fucking YouTube podcast in the world. A, a, a show that gets millions and millions and millions of views of pretty not politically ideological voter, like uh, uh, viewers rather, uh, all the time. Like, and he has people on from every every spectrum you know like you know from super far right to you know cornell west like he has people on his show all the time from different perspectives and rogan himself is problematic to some degree but that doesn't mean fucking bernie shouldn't go on there and reach out to these voters who probably wouldn't get a chance to hear his message otherwise so gore vidal famously said you know never to now a chance to be on television or have sex uh, and he was very right in that. But, you know, I, I have some criticism of, of Joe Rogan. I've said it before on the show. I think he's used his platform unfairly to people who don't have any platform, uh, people that sure. weren't even guests on a show. Uh, he's got some fairly reg- regressive views. He's got some fairly progressive views. He's he's I would consider not very ideological. But, you know, from from anyone coming from like a leftist activist uh, kind of worldview, a guy who does, you know, MMA, uh, you know, ringside commentary, commentary. Where, just it's it like that whole world must seem like another planet to you. So I get it. Right. It's it does to me for a large part. But you, like, you look at a lot of his guests. They're they're the most, you know, some of the most like toxic, masculine Boston type guys you could ever want to be around. Sure. That doesn't that doesn't inherently make it wrong that he has him on the show right he's not doing a, a left-wing activist show he's right? not but, doing a political i mean he has political people on but half the sometimes. shows he does are, are like mma people entertainers sure. musicians like he's just exactly he just talks to people that he thinks would be interesting to talk to so he's right. not a, like you said he's not an ideological person and he doesn't do a whole lot of research on people beforehand. So be- just because you're you're an Antifa and you know uh, the last, you know, all the, the whole life history of every fucking Nazi out there, Joe Rogan might not know that. And he might not even care. And do those people deserve a platform? I don't think so. No. But he's going to be like, all right, well, what's, what's this, you know, what, what's this fucking alt-right guy all about? I'm going to have him on and make him fucking say his shit. 
And if he, if he, I'm going to challenge it sometimes. And if he sucks, I'm not going to have him back on. Right. So yeah. should they get a platform at all? No. But does every producer producing a show know every fucking view and every quote from every awful right wing person? No, no. But, and again, it's like also, you know, the Dave Rubens and the Ben Shapiro's of the world are going to go on his show regardless. So would you rather have Dave Rubin and Ben Shapiro go on a show that that's viewed, you know, that the highest, I think it's like the highest rated podcast on YouTube and maybe it's, it's typically near the top, uh, if not the top on iTunes. Would you rather have uh, all right wingers go on that show and a bunch of left wing uh, voices boycott it because they're, uh, upset that he gives platform to those people or would you rather have them go on and give their perspective to again an audience that's not extremely ideological like a lot of his audience yeah, are MMA fans over. exactly yeah people that uh, are just like so, so well, I, I have a theory that people who are opposed to Bernie going on Fox News or people that are opposed to Bernie going on Joe Rogan are not Bernie Sanders supporters in the no, first Elizabeth place. Warren supporters mostly right from what I've right. seen or they're Beto supporters or Booty Judge supporters, and they don't want Bernie going on those platforms because they know how effective he's going to be. And they know if their own, you know, horse of different color went up there, they'd get chewed a lot. You know, they'd get chewed up and spit out. Well, uh, even even really gentle probing questions from Joe Rogan, uh, Elizabeth Warren would, would just start stuttering and would panic. You know, yeah. Well, oh my god, her on the Breakfast Club was just brutal, yeah. like fucking brutal. And they she called was like clutching, her, clutching her purse, worried they were going <laughs> to. Oh mug my her. god, yeah. <laughs> but no, I mean, and look, and look. I, before people say it in the comment, I know there are actual leftists who aren't Elizabeth Warren supporters who were upset with it. But you know what? At the same time, guys, like you're not being mature about the situation. Like, it, like I get it if you think that electoral politics are stupid and you don't want to participate in them, then that's fine. But like there's a good portion of the actual left right now who's trying to get the most uh, leftist president we've ever had uh, elected to the office of president before he fucking dies. So like maybe don't sit this one out like, you know, like I I get that you don't. But like I think a lot of people who are actual leftists who are opposed to this sorts of thing think that electoral politics is stupid and you're fine to think that. But, you know, there are a lot of us who haven't given up on you know, fighting uh, a two front war where we're fighting, you know, at an activist level and at a, uh, an electoral level in any way we can. And the way you fucking win votes is you go out and win votes. You don't go out and talk to people that you know are going to vote for you. You talk to people that maybe have never heard your message because it's been distorted by the fucking Dave Rubens and Ben Shapiro's of the world. And this is the first chance that these people get to hear you talk about why your policies are really not that fucking radical. And, and a lot of people in the comments on the YouTube video, like dozens and dozens and hundreds were like, oh, wow, you know, he doesn't seem so crazy when I listen to him. Like, there were a lot now. of people saying it's thousands. Yeah. yeah. So at the last time I checked earlier tonight, it was up to over five million views, which is uh, easily at least four to four and a half million more than everyone else he's interviewed in the last two weeks. Yeah. Um, this and, is like two days. Yeah, this is just 48 hours. So, uh, you know, Jacobin had a great write-up, and they quoted a guy named Nathan Robinson, uh, basically saying, Bernie is the best existing messenger for the left because he knows how to sell socialism to everyone, how to go to Iowa or West Virginia or Fox News and get everyone clapping for free college and the demise of uh, um, Aetna. I guess that's a private shore. Aetna. 
Yeah. yeah. Aetna. Uh, and yeah, and that's, that's the thing is there was all these, these people being, bringing their hands over like, Oh, Bernie shouldn't, you know, do, go on a play. It's like, to, to me, Rogan seems like the, like a fairly reasonable, uh, listener who can engage in a long form conversation exactly. And and be an uh, an honest devil's advocate and not a you know like well you had to pay for it kind of kind of thing. Well, so yeah, so I, I have a clip that you you sent me actually from the show uh, sure. where again and you mentioned like his framing on it. There is not a single question that Joe Rogan asked that was remotely as right wing as any of the questions that Jake Tapper asked him in terms of framing during that first debate or during any of the debates, every one of the questions posed during the democratic debates on CNN and MSM or wherever the fuck they were, NBC, CBS were way more right wing framing than anything that Joe Rogan asked him during the show. And, and pay attention here to what the question that Joe Rogan's actually asking is, uh, and, and consider who it is he's concerned about with the places he lists off, uh, and, and how to help people. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> the Joe Rogan experience. Now, when, when we're talking about impoverished communities and chronically, when, when you're talking about cities like Baltimore or, or parts of Chicago and Detroit that have just been in a terrible state of despair for long periods of time and it doesn't seem like there's a way out, the people that are born there, the people that live there, they live in this state of of despair. What what can be done to resolve all of these terribly impoverished communities and bring them up to a standard where these kids that grow up there they, they feel like there is an out that they do have an opportunity. And how why is this not addressed when we talk about making America great? Wouldn't like fixing the worst parts of the country be the primary concern? The the less people that grow up in a, a terribly disadvantageous position from birth wouldn't that be an important thing? And what can you do to resolve that? Well, Joe, I think you, you know, you said it better than I can. I think you're right. You know, when we talk about what it means to live in a great society, a great nation, a nation that we're proud of, I'm afraid there are some people who have incredible wealth and power who say, you know, what's great is that we're seeing a growth in the number of billionaires in America. Isn't that terrific? And we got one guy who's worth $155 billion. How great. Oh, by the way, we're building more nuclear weapons and we're spending $750 billion a year on the military. Isn't that extraordinary? And by the way, do you see the yacht that that billionaire has? You know, it's three miles long. Isn't that great? Your point is that we have to, I think as I understand what you're saying, we have to redefine what being a great nation is about. We are not a great nation when we have 40 million people living in poverty and in despair. We're not a great nation when we have massive levels of income and wealth inequality, when 87 million people can afford to go to a doctor today. So to answer your question, I think that as a nation, we have got to focus a great deal of attention on those distressed communities. Often they're African-American, often they're Latino, often they are rural white communities. And that means making sure that the kids there get the quality education that they deserve making sure that we're creating good-paying jobs in those communities. I voted against NAFTA, permanent normal trade relations with China, and other trade agreements because I knew that those agreements were written by corporate America with the goal of shutting down plants in this country and moving abroad. And the result of that has been the loss of millions of good-paying jobs and the, the complete 
destruction of communities all across this country, in the South and all across this country. So we have got to rebuild those communities. We have got to bring high-tech jobs, not just to Silicon Valley, uh, but to rural America. Again, I don't have magical answers, but the goal is we will not, under a Sanders administration, turn our backs on distressed communities. We will rebuild those communities. We will build the millions of units of affordable housing that we need. Now think about what it means to a community now where people are living in terrible housing or housing they cannot afford. When we put young people to work, rebuilding their own communities, will that become an indication of hope and optimism? I think it will. Yeah, so... Yeah, so... um, you know, I, I, incredible answer. But again, like you said, the framing is, is is really just a very empathetic and thoughtful question that he asked that you will never hear uh, any question of that caliber during the fucking Democratic debates. And if you do, it'll be like, OK, what's your 45 second answer on how to solve uh, massive poverty in, you know, in America? Like, right. you know, it's so, so clearly, despite, you know, his faults, Joe Rogan doesn't call Baltimore rat infested. He understands that there's a problem there, and the problem is not the people living in it, but that, exactly. that they've chosen to live in a in a bad place. They under, he understands something's been done to him, and he's willing to listen to Bernie Sanders give a good good answer, uh, and, and talk about not just it from a, a moral standpoint, but you know how do you really fix it? Well, uh, there there is a affordable housing shortage. Well, put people to work building the housing, right? Um, yeah. that's always, that's always one of the biggest problems. We, there's always going to be, going to be a shortage of housing, you know, or, or an artificial, uh, lack of affordable housing. Right. And that makes people, um, you know, willing to pay beyond their means for what little housing there, there is that it's affordable. There's no actual housing shortage. There's a, an affordability shortage and, and that's on purpose. But, um, I, I just wanted to read one absolutely absurd criticism of, of Bernie going on Joe Rogan from mm-hmm. a guy named Noah Berlatsky. I never heard of him. It's some MBs. Yeah. I don't know what the fuck he is. The thing about going on Fox and Joe Rogan is that you reach their audience, but they also reach yours. We just had a mass shooting by a leftist who seems to have gotten toxic misogynist ideas from somewhere, you know, yeah yeah just like what what not implying anything but yeah and and so my response was yeah if leftists reach right wingers like joe rogan they'll just do more mass shootings because they'll know everyone can go to the er for free now makes total sense yeah he by the way later in that thread he went on to say that uh elizabeth warren was his number one choice so you know just totally coincidental that that he fucking oh yeah totally arguing in, in good faith there yeah. So, you know, fuck these fucking but like and again, uh, you know, I'm sure there are people that are actual leftists who listen to our show that were annoyed by it. But like, guys, you're not I, just it's just not your if you if you think that electoral politics is stupid and that you don't want to participate in it, then you know what? You, it's not your decision to make and it's not your place to criticize people trying to do what they need to do to get elected to enact actual social change and and enact socialist policies in this country because they're doing what they know that Bernie is doing. I shouldn't say they, but Bernie specifically is doing what he knows he has to do to get elected. And what he has to do to get elected is reach disenfranchised voters, non-voters, 
ideologically. Well, this is what uh, it's always irritated you know. me about um, some folks on the left who understandably are frustrated with electoral politics is that they've been apathetic for good reasons because, you know, sure. politicians have been apathetic for so long. Uh, and we've talked about this before, but it's like, you know, you, if you, if you come back into the, into the fold, so to speak, with, with someone like, uh, you know, Bernie Sanders or uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, you know, trust their instincts because they've always had really good instincts, right? If there's a media platform they can get on to reach millions more people that had, didn't know about them, that could win an election. Like, you know how close these things come down to when the final votes are cast. And you know that they're going to, you know, get every superdelegate to vote against Bernie, right? So if you well, can get yeah. a bunch of people that don't maybe line up with your praxis to start to see it and go, hey, you know, I actually think that sounds a good idea. Like, that's how you build a mass movement. It might not be your little, you know, silo uh, for you guys. For there's not enough of us to win elections. Know, like there's collective, yeah. right? But this is how you reach out to, the, the, you know, a mass of workers who haven't ever heard these kind of things framed in such a way that they would agree with it before. Well, and that's the other thing is like, if you want to build massive, like mass movements and workers strikes and things like that and general strikes, and you look at shit like the yellow vest in, in, in France, guys, not everyone who participated is a fucking like revolutionary leftist. Like you have to, I'm not saying you have to ally with white supremacists, but you certainly have to ally with individuals who may not be, like you said, may not share your exact praxis if you can convince them to come join your fight for, you know, X issue or Y issue. You don't have to fucking agree with them on anything else. Like, it, you know, again, everyone on the fucking in the fucking country who's not completely ideologically poisoned by Fox News understands that healthcare is a fucking human right and that we shouldn't be going bankrupt because yeah. we can't afford medical care. And well, that's which and, is why Medicare those, for all polls at 70 fucking percent in this country. If those people percent are who are, you know, newly initiated, uh, maybe don't use the right terminology for everything, you know, don't don't scare them off right away. Like, you know, get, get them in, involved for a while before you sit them down and tell them why, you know, some of the words they use aren't perfect to describe certain things. Don't just why they're committing turn like your microaggressions against you. Yeah. yeah. You know, like that shit just ruins mass movement building and it's, it's never going to be perfect. You know, as fast as the terminology for things changes, like there's going to be people who are, you know, union grunts who use all kinds of language. You're not going to like, right. <laughs> but, but you still need to work with those people and organize with those, those people, or you're always going to lose. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's absolutely true. So, you know, I, I, I just, I, I, like, I understand, like, their te trepidation, but, like, it's not, it's misplaced, I think. So, you know, again, uh, Bernie, you know, the, the fucking last election, you know, it was obviously her own fault, and she lost millions more votes by her absolute lack of uh, any policy, you know, positions whatsoever to entice people to vote. But Hillary lost that election uh, by about 76,000 votes in three states. Uh, you don't think Bernie changed 100,000 people's minds or turned 100,000 people on to, oh, you know, I never really voted before, but I really like what this Bernie guy's saying. Maybe I'll go turn out and vote for him this election. You know, maybe it doesn't help in the primary. Maybe it just helps in the general. Who knows? But, I, you know, there, there's no reason to turn down a massive platform like Joe Rogan's show just because it's not, you know, 
it's it's a show you consider problematic. It, it's just silly. So I, I'm I'm I mean, really glad he did the, it. That's the reason why the word problematic exists is because it's not totally bad. There's some issues with yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. Right. If it was morally reprehensible, we would just say that. But problematic yeah, yeah. means mostly good with a few flaws that need to be worked out eventually. Yeah, right? or and even half have, good and half bad. When you, yeah. When you have Abby Martin or Cornell West or Bernie Sanders go on there, that's how you pull shit back in the other direction of, of fucking, you know, logical, <laughs> like actual yeah, exactly. intellectual t- type stuff. So, so, of course, you know, he's got some fucking pseudo Nazi come on there and he's not going to just, he's not going to totally align himself with that. He agrees with people to get them to kind of keep giving more stuff and more stuff. But you remember it was Joe Rogan who got a uh, Milo Yapalopoulos, whatever the fuck to keep going and keep going till he got to the point where he pretty much admitted to he being a, a pedophile, pedophile yeah. right? And, and if he had just yeah. been like, what did you say? Like, are you implying that that? He never would have got exactly. that from him. He fed it out of him gradually and gradually. And maybe he didn't, maybe he did that consciously, maybe not. But when you, when you also, give someone enough rope, they will hang themselves. Yeah. He also made Dave Rubin look like an absolute, I mean, not that this is hard, but he made him look like an absolute fucking moron when they were talking about the post office. You ever see that clip where like Dave oh, Rubin's no, trying to talk about how I stupid haven't. the post office is? And Jorgen's like, Post office is fucking awesome. Like you, 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 you fucking put 55 cents down. You send mail to anywhere in the fucking country in like three days. Post office is awesome. Like, it, cause Dave Rubin was trying to explain how like, you know, post office should be privatized and yada. It, but like, again, his, his fucking Mercer talking points with no factual backup or no factual, you know, data, whatever. But like, he's not, yeah, exactly. He's not, you know, he'll have these people on, but it's not, just, he's not. Just to, just to add to that though, like the, the post office is really affordable Right. And and if yeah. you want to like make sure it's got a tracking number and do overnight delivery, you can do all that thing for not that much money. Uh, it costs way more to do that with other services because they want profit. Right. So they charge yeah. you more for the profit. I mean, honestly, what like and I can tell you just from like shipping at uh, at the store that I work at, like we ship out a lot of meds to people and you you could send something priority mail in a padded envelope through the post office for like $7 and 50 cents, like a padded envelope, anything yeah. that fits in it chips, like, you know, it fits a chips, yada, yada, uh, UPS for the same sized envelope, first of all, charges you by weight, but second of all, ship like an, a comparable size package with like a, a you know prescription in it. It's like $17 to ship it ground to somebody now. It, it's it's more than twice as much to Crazy. send something ground yeah and it's like it, it gets there in almost the same amount of time post office is fucking awesome like you know it's that's what what would happen is if we if we privatize the post office it would just be ups and shit would be really expensive it would be two dollars to send a fucking letter you know it like a basic ass like you know no weight letter less than one ounce letter it, it's like you know yeah fuck off with this like post i I still can't remember the really good point i was trying to make so sorry about that but no uh, it's whatever but um, yeah the post office is always every anything that's going to be civil service is always going to be better it's always going to be more efficient if it's funded properly people are like oh exactly what are the right-wing arguments like oh the democrats want to make the health care be like the dmv it's like well if you go to a dmv that's well funded you're in and out without any problems 
you know, yeah, you go to DMV like, in a in a high income area that they're they're fucking great. If you go to a low income area DMV, they're they're fucking a nightmare because they don't have any money and they're you know understaffed and overpop like not over but you know there's like a lot of people in that yeah. small area and it's like it's a nightmare. But one of the comparisons they were also made was <laughs> somebody was complaining about Comcast and they were like, well, if you didn't have you know, sure Comcast <laughs> is terrible, but if it was you know if it was uh, you know public, it would be even worse. And I, I chimed in. I was like, well, I used to work for the uh, U.S. Department of State's uh, National Passport Information Center. Uh, our wages were fourteen twenty-five an hour with benefits. Uh, our average call handling time was six minutes. The wait time was uh, eight seconds. Um, and with only 300 people, we handled five million calls a year. And somebody yeah. somebody responded to that. They're like, holy shit. I have a friend that works in the in for a private call center and like they can't come anywhere near those numbers. Oh, and our our, our customer satisfaction rate was eighty nine percent. So yeah, you ever try yeah. to call Comcast, you'll 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 want to tear your fucking hair out. And every other, you know, if Verizon, any of those companies you call sure. and you sit on hold for upwards of you know, fifteen to forty-five minutes at least, like depending oh, on how if, busy if, it even is. Like, then, you know. And then if you do get to talk to somebody, they're just kind of gonna keep trying to sell you shit the whole time. And you're mm-hmm. like, I don't want to buy more shit. I want you to take the thing off my bill that I didn't put there in the first place. Yep. Yep. So um yeah, those arguments are are ridiculous. But uh, you know, it's good on Bernie. He's winning voters over. Uh I, I, winning hearts he had a great and week. Minds. Winning hearts and minds and, uh, you know, going into next month's debates, I think uh, we're going to see more shifts in the polls where Biden is going to lose steam. Obviously, Kamala has already lost all of her steam uh, and Bernie is the one that's going to be there to fill that void. So uh, So when you you see Bernie go against Biden in the end or Bernie versus Elizabeth Warren? uh, Biden will hang around until the until Super Tuesday. But I think Warren will probably end up sticking it out. Long. I don't. It's it's really hard to say because Biden has enough money coming into his campaign from mega donors because he has no qualms. With, he's not even pretending to not take corporate money, so he has enough money to last a long time. Warren at least is kind of trying to not take a ton of corporate money, although she's funneling it through her own you know transfers from her Senate kit. But whatever, you know, she's at least trying to not take a ton of corporate money, so she's gonna have a harder time hanging on she does not have a ton of grassroots donors anyone everyone else is gonna fade because they just don't have the money to fucking stick it out it's really expensive to stick a campaign out so those uh, those three know. are gonna be there i think long after the first super tuesday and my only question is is are they gonna throw all the super delegates behind you know biden from the get-go so that they show the charts on the TV and go, oh, we've yeah. only, you know, got first past Super Tuesday and Biden's already has, you know, <laughs> uh, five times the number of total electoral very votes. Very likely. That, yeah. Yeah, they'll do that same shit, of course. Um, and that's how they'll, they'll keep him coached. It's, it's very likely. That's a mistake. But that's a total fucking mistake on their part because he is, as, as unpopular as Hillary was, I think Biden's going to be even more unpopular because he's just not even as good as she is at hiding how fucking bad and right wing he is. Is uh, it a mistake know, though? Is, I mean, their goal is to stop Bernie. So I know, but among the, among their base, it's a mistake. Like they, I think they just, as much as they're malicious and evil, they are, they are also incompetent. We can't forget that they're incompetent and fucking, you know, uh, stuck in the nineties. And I think they think this is a winning strategy. 
and they're going to be in for such a rude fucking awakening come Super Tuesday when Bernie wins Iowa and fucking Michigan and New Hampshire and then takes fucking California. Like they're going to be shitting themselves because they there's gonna be like how could this have happened everything was great but biden was up in polling we i don't understand i thought people love joe biden he's the cool uncle joe he's obama's vice president people love obama right that's why you know a bunch of obama voters voted for trump people love obama yeah exactly they're, they're totally fucking caught they're gonna be totally caught off guard and flat-footed so you know i hope so Can't wait. I, I hope all those states go to bernie i mean i have no doubt about michigan or iowa obviously but new hampshire you know. too i mean new hampshire's way new too hampshire. close to vermont to not go to are Bernie. all those states on the first super tuesday uh, i believe new hampshire and iowa definitely are uh yeah. i believe michigan I is michigan i thought was the second round maybe the week after it might be the week a- like it's like might the week yeah. after super tuesday and california is the second super tuesday now it is on the first one okay all right. they moved it up it used to be towards the end but now it's like yeah and we, um, we've theorized we've theorized a lot about how moving it up was going to potentially backfire on their uh, establishment plans. But. Well, yeah, exactly. They they expected to that it would either help Harris or Biden, but it looks like it's actually just going to you know give Bernie an unbeatable uh, pledge delegate count if he fucking takes most of Super Tuesday and takes California. Because if you yeah. t- if Bernie takes Iowa, New Hampshire. In California, it's over. It's fucking over. Like that's that's a, a huge lion's share of the pledge delegates. Now their only hope is to have Biden stick it out and swing it with super delegates. But you know, good fucking luck trying to swing, uh, a, 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 you know, d- to do a contested primary. People will fucking lose their minds. I think yeah. what you need is you need fifty percent on the first ballot to not go to a second ballot. So I don't think you know. Bernie is going to get to 50% on the first ballot, even if he's in the lead, just because there are several candidates that are going to eat up a lot of that chunk. But, you know, I, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be really an interesting uh, time period in July of 2020, uh, a, a week after my wedding. So that'll be, <laughs> that'll be a fun, a fun right. time uh, to be had by all. Uh, so, yeah, uh, you know, there was one other story you wanted to talk about quick before we get out of here about uh, Rod uh, Bl- Blagojevich. Yeah, there was a couple that, other things. Yeah, I remember this this back in the day, so I know that's how you actually say it, even though it's not spelled the way it sounds. <laughs> there was a couple other stories we were to hit on, but I think we kind of we've done enough for tonight. We'll just hit the Blagojevich. Um, so yeah, this this was a guy who was the governor of Illinois. Um, back when Obama won the presidency, two thousand eight, and he was already under investigation for uh, corruption, bribery, extortion. Basically, every decision that he could make as governor or influence, he wanted like a, a, a you know direct payola for that. Right? Like, oh, you want some more money for your hospital? Well, uh, but you're going to make a ten thousand dollar campaign donation. Like, he would just flat out say it. Yeah. Right. This so guy's people start too stupid to, to take bribes him. the legal way. Like Right. Right. So and and he's just one of these like 90s Democrats, um, you know, like obviously based out of Chicago, governor of Illinois, but he sounds like he's from from, you know, from Queens or something. Uh it looks like he's got a beaver pelt for for hair, 
Right. Oh God, his hairpiece is just all time bad hairpiece, like in, and, in the history and of political hairpieces. He um once he got you know he got uh initially charged with twenty seven counts of bribery and extortion, uh, and I think they got him on like fourteen counts of it or maybe like 12 counts of it and he got sentenced to like something like 15 years uh of which he's now served i think about eight or nine years of and of course he's now in the news because trump is considering pardoning him um and it's always great to see trump wanting to pardon a corrupt democrat because then you really know that bipartisanship is there as long as they are fucking corrupt as shit uh and, and then and then of course you know the next step would be to be pardoned and then get a job in the trump administration um so we, we, this, this is insane. I was doing a little bit of research here and apparently the relationship did not start recently. Uh, so the, the, the Rob Blagojevich's relationship with Donald Trump actually goes back to the celebrity apprentice. So this is from an article. I'll just read this here. Um, uh, Blago, it was the shorthand term for it in the media. Cause of course that's what they do with everything. But, uh, Blagojevich relationship with Trump dates back to 2009, uh, when the just-removed governor, so he'd just been kicked out of office, was picked up to be a contestant on Trump's TV show, The Celebrity Apprentice. So he's <laughs> he's already been, been uh, censored and uh, kicked out of office, right? He's, he's about to be charged. Uh, he hasn't started his trial yet. Um, but Blagojevich only made it to the show's fourth episode when he was fired for bungling facts about Harry Potter. (laughs) (laughs) Where do you, I mean, where, like, first of all, facts about a totally fucking fictitious children's wizard child, whatever the fuck it is. Uh, you know, Wait, so and then the, tr- was Trump uh, mad that he didn't under know Harry Potter trivia or like did somebody oh, else? They just team? come up. I'm sure they came up. I've never even watched the fucking show, but I'm sure they come up with some like arbitrary thing that he has to memorize. Yeah. Right. And if you can't memorize <laughs> the pop trivia thing that's relevant in the pop culture at the time, then that's the thing he gets scolded over, you know, as though fucking Trump would know the answer to it. You know, I'm very disappointed uh, in you, Rod. I'm very disappointed. Yeah. I, he you, did, you said he Voldemort later, was, you know, a it, member it, no, of uh, it, Later the, they they quoted Trump uh, later in the article talking about his reaction to it at the time, 2009. He's like, you know, I just I know he, he tried hard. It was just very sad to see him go, you know, as though you don't fucking make up the rules for the goddamn show. As though you, like some oh, intern didn't God. just write it and like, here's the here's the cue card. OK, Harry Potter. I don't know what that is, whatever. Uh, but just like the, the idea that like so that, funny. like the, the shit we're now living with in our actual government was like the seeds of that were already there in 2009, 10 years ago. And it was just, it was sort of waiting in the wings to kind of become a national fucking travesty. God, so. We're such a stupid country. It is unbelievable. Uh, uh, well, so you, you actually clipped out this audio clip of, of Blagojevich uh, from his press conference back before he was sentenced, I guess, or no, he was he- sentenced. And this was his press conference on his way to go to jail. So this oh, is okay. his last day of freedom after he's already been convicted and after he's already been sentenced uh, and he's there and these are his final words to the public. Because when you're rich, you don't get taken immediately in by the bail if you get to make a statement before you go into jail. So this was his uh, statement. Let me also say to the people of Illinois how they honored me by electing me their governor twice and how honored I was to serve them as governor to serve the people of the north and northwest side in this neighborhood and neighborhoods I grew up in in Congress for six years, to serve as a state lawmaker for four years. I want you all to know 
You honored me with that privilege. I believe I always, always thought about what was right for the people. And I am proud as I leave. I am proud as I leave and enter the next part of what is a dark and hard journey that I can take with me the sense of the sense of accomplishment and the real belief that the things that I did as governor and the things I did as congressman have actually helped real ordinary people. So maybe one of the lessons to this whole story is that you got to be maybe a little bit more humble. You can never have enough humility. And maybe I could have had more of that. But one thing I had a lot of was a desire in my heart to help average ordinary people. I mean, he's a real man of the people. This guy, this guy is just <laughs> comically correct. This guy tried to sell Barack Obama's old Senate seat. Like he was like offering like it up to people. Literally sell it to people like to, to yeah. bid on it. Um, uh, yeah. <laughs> so, and, and then just think, like, well, my takeaway is I wasn't humble enough. I would, you know, I was too strident about, uh, you know, having done nothing wrong. Uh, and he doesn't, he, he had still admits no wrongdoing. Right. Yep. And, and of course, he couldn't because he was going to go on appeal. But still, just like the arrogance there. Is, they had like is, is literal like vid, like uh, uh, audio clips of him, like like asking for bribes on the phone. They had, you know, plenty of data, plenty of firsthand, you know, yeah. reporting. Out. Like it, they had they had this guy dead to rights and he's still like, hey, you know, I, I'm just well, the pr- they, and, and they had a bunch of people testify that he had tried to bribe them you know, or extort money out of them for political favors. You know, the, like they, they were trying to to just lobby for better things like, oh, the, the children's hospital needs more money. It's like, oh, yeah, why don't you give me 10 grand for, you know, to my reelection campaign? It's like you you can't yeah. make it that direct. <laughs> no, he's that's he's so stupid because literally he doesn't know it, it, bribery is legal in our system. Like in our, in our system of government, bribery is legal. You just have to be like moderately crafty about it. And he was too fucking stupid to even be legally bribed in the way that every other politician in DC was. Uh, and, but so then the reason he's in the news is because like you were saying, Trump is uh, considering pardoning him or commuting a sentence. And it's, preposterous like he's like oh well uh you know it's very unfair what, what happened to him just because over a phone call that like didn't he didn't even say anything wrong on the phone call like totally ignoring all of the other evidence mounted against him yeah all his, the first person prosecution. testimony and testimony is evidence sworn testimony is evidence yeah, of course. right so so and it's actually some of the most reliable um when it's not like recounting like a, a very brief event when you're recounting something that took place several times over a long period of time uh it's, it's sworn testimony becomes far more reliable um so yeah even though he, he was convicted uh as the governor of illinois you know if you're you know this, the capital's not chicago but you still spend most of your time in chicago there's a big state building there and everything so okay, clearly the yeah. The level of corruption in Chicago, he got so comfortable with. He was like, why are we even, you know, mess around here? Let's just cut to the chase here. You give me 10 grand and I make sure your hospital be, you know, whatever. Um, But but the reason. Yeah. And the reason Trump is pardoning him is because they get this guy's wife on Fox News all the time. And she makes direct appeals to Donald Trump about how her husband was wrongfully tried. You know, Donald Trump has all the fucking tears in the world for the people that went to jail for actual corruption couldn't be fucking bothered to actually read the facts about the central park five that he took out, you know, ads about how they should be given the death penalty, right. even though they were completely innocent of the crime and still well, thinks that they were if guilty. If only they were rich rappers that got caught in another country, he would have done something about it. 
It's true. No, that's true. He did try to. He, he is. He is constantly tweeting the prime minister of Sweden to free ASAP yeah. Rocky from prison because that's a sentence that exists in 2019. Did he get him out already? I thought he was. Was he still working on that? No, or? they actually. No. He made it worse. It seems like they actually put the. They, they were like. They're like we're gonna put him in solitary now just for that. Like we're not releasing. <laughs> so he him. can't read your fucking tweets. <laughs> oh, uh, I mean, not to laugh about solitary but just such a fucking the, the, the fucking the no no it just, it just how fucking incompetent and what a buffoon that 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 our entire fucking governance is but yeah um jesus christ well yeah and the only reason he was doing that is because his 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 one black friend Kanye called him up was like, Hey, my buddy is in jail for some bullshit. And he is in jail for some bullshit. He got in like a fight on the street and they like, won't release him. And they won't like, you know, it's like, come on. It's like, really? Uh, he didn't kill the guy. Like they got in a fucking fist fight. Like, you know, he's not even yeah. from this country. Let him go. But in any event, like that's the only reason he did is because his one black friend called him up. was like, Hey, help my friend out. <laughs> um, but yeah, so, uh, no justice, no justice. Yeah, no. real real quick before we get out of here, yeah, I do yeah, yeah. want to mention um, that we think of the you know the ICE and Border Patrols is operating very close to Mexico. Today, there not today, but this week there was the uh, largest ICE arrest, largest detention of of uh, undocumented migrants in this country in U.S. history. Uh, Six hundred eighty were arrested at a uh, food processing plant owned by the, the Koch brothers, Koch Foods Incorporated. Uh, and they just rounded up everybody, you know, it didn't matter who had what. Uh, and once they arrested everybody, uh, if you could prove you were a citizen, you were let go. Uh, so th- there was about 30, they said that they were going to, uh, you know, release on their own recognizance who were undocumented. Um, there's videos out there of just children, bawling after they got out of school and realized their parents were locked up and they may not ever see them again. Um, a lot of these, you know, these kids were born in the U S they're legal U S citizens. They're now going to get detained or possibly yeah. permanently separated from their parents. If their parents get deported. Right. Um, I just, I pulled up one article and they had some quotes here from uh, a representative from Homeland uh, HSI, which is Homeland Security Investigations, which is like if you think ICE is bad, HSI is like the Gestapo of ICE. Like they're the worst of the worst, right? HSI is who has a department within them. And all they do is uh, like pull passport applications because after you get uh, your uh, naturalization, like legal uh, citizenship through um, uh, USCIS, to go anywhere outside the U.S., you have to file for a U.S. passport. You have to apply for a U.S. passport. Otherwise, you can never see your family back home ever again. So when they go through the passport application process, they can hyper-scrutinize all your documents you submitted a second time and look for any possible mistake in order to strip you of your citizenship, right? So HSI mm-hmm. is not going after undocumented uh, immigrants necessarily they're also going after legal u.s citizens who came here and went through the huge fucking two and a half year hurdle process the process that all these white supremacists say well only if they did it legally i wouldn't have a problem with it that's bullshit we know that's bullshit they don't give a shit um so yeah they had a quote from uh, hsi uh work site efforts are equally focused on aliens who unlawfully seek work in the u.s as well as the employers who knowingly hire them hsi new Orleans special agent in charge ag uh jerry miles and saying blah 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 
So yeah, it's it's rare to see a quote from HSI. They're kind of like they don't like to have their face out there the way ICE does or the way DHS mm-hmm. does. But um, so yeah, biggest biggest roundup in uh, in U.S. history. And the, the the sketchy thing, even sketchier, is that some of these big roundups happen. Uh, they're scheduled with the company, or it's not like a raid where they don't know that they're coming they will let the company know they're going to do it. And the company says, okay, we're here's when we want you to do it because here's when their next payday is. And if you do it right before that payday, we don't have to pay anybody. Yeah, exactly. Well, and they did it at that, that Coke, uh, uh, manufacturer, whatever. It was like some food, basically like some food manufacturing place yeah. where they can process and they process. Chick- oh. chick- and, they uh, literally just won like a $3.2 million suit or something against the company for uh, their immigrant workers being sexually harassed. And literally after that happened, all of a sudden there was an ice raid on their factory. So yeah. clearly the fucking owners of the factory to get back at the immigrants that they're probably paying fucking, you know, nothing in wages called ice to round a bunch of them up to be like, Hey, yeah. don't ever fucking think that you have any rights whatsoever like it's just and they can go hire a bunch a bunch more poor people who will do the job i mean if you've ever seen the food fast food nation you know what what meat processing is like and you know it's the poorest of the poor people who get exploited in that line of work so yeah i mean this is clearly calculated on the part of one of the worst corporations on the planet coke industries uh and ice working together and then uh, at the same time you have all these these uh, false positive identifications because ICE uses uh, facial recognition software built by Amazon and Google, right? The same Amazon mm-hmm. that AOC fought hard to kick out of uh, Liberty City. They want to put their new headquarters there. Uh, the Bill de Blasio and uh, that wreck fought Cuomo fought to get into that part of New York, right? So, yeah. I mean, it's, it's very clear who... The, the few champions we have on the left in the government are who are really actively fighting against things that would be a foregone conclusion if it was left up to people like Cuomo and Blasio. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, I think that about does it for us this week. Oh, one yeah, other sorry thing. Sorry to kind of I know we were kind of coming to a, like a funny climax, but I felt like... If we didn't, <laughs> hey, wait, if we didn't, you, want, uh, <laughs> you want me to yeah. one-up you? Uh, it's actually, today is the 74th anniversary uh, of the Nagasaki atomic bomb. Uh, oh, so nice. just, you know, your, your, your casual reminder that, uh, all this talk of like, you wouldn't use nuclear strikes as a first turn. We're the only country that ever used an atomic bomb on another, uh, oh, yeah. in, in another want, population. Yeah. We used two actually. <laughs> yeah. Well, you want me to one up you, Mr. Nineties yeah. alt rock fan today is the 49th birthday of one Scott Stapp lead singer of the band Creed. <laughs> Can you take me? Yeah, right. Um, uh, that's awesome aren't you glad <laughs> i memorized that for you i am glad you memorized that yeah um so yeah uh so, you know again I, I just i saw that earlier and i was like wow yeah that's 74 <laughs> years ago we fucking oh i thought you were gonna say my thing no no no, no no i didn't see scott i didn't see, i don't i'm not i'm not i'm not on uh scott stab twitter I, I don't i don't get his no. uh, no. His regular well, updates from the uh, the stap verse. Uh, well, I would I would infection. say both. Uh, you know, the the birth of Scott Stapp, leads to your creed, and the bombing of Nagasaki are are on par as crimes against humanity. 
uh, obviously both abominations that uh that we should never repeat again um (laughs) but you know know, of course we killed a quarter of a million people with our two atomic bombs and scott stapp just killed uh you know hard rock in the early 2000s so you know you decide which is worse i guess some would say Um, both were inevitable but i feel like (laughs) we should have learned from history Yeah, that's I think that's the message of this week's episode. So uh, on that on that cheerful note, uh, if you want to support the show, obviously, the best way to do that is to rate, review and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. That helps us out in the ratings. Uh, You can uh, share the podcast out and follow us on SoundCloud. That's SoundCloud.com slash move left. Uh, you want to, uh, if you want to, uh, join up on Facebook and, uh, you know, join the discussion there, you could do that at facebook.com slash move left idiots. Uh, we are on Patreon. If you want to support the show that way, patreon.com slash move left. You want to pick up any merch from the show, tinyurl.com, tinyurl.com slash, uh, move left merch. Uh, I am on Twitter at move underscore left. I'm on Twitter at smutcollector.com. No, that's not right. I'm at, I, <laughs> I'm at Twitter at Smut Collector with an ER. <laughs> yeah, and we will see you next week.